I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Hello and welcome back to all of our listeners from around the world and across the United States. We're happy to have you back with us for some more incredible stories. And uh, I, I think we have a very interesting uh, facts about Christmas that uh, most people wouldn't uh, wouldn't realize. Um, and and not, not the facts that we gave uh, last time about uh, maybe some of the traditions in, in Europe, but uh, did anybody know that... Uh, Ghost stories are also a part of Christmas. Ooh. I mean, some people may not think about that, but it's true. Uh, before we get into that, uh, let me just say that uh, I'm happy to have all of our new listeners with us. If you are new, welcome to our show. Um, and if you like what you hear, please make sure to hit that subscribe button because, trust me, if you enjoy this, you're going to enjoy all of the other stuff that we have to share with you. Each and every Friday, you will be treated to either amazing facts or incredible stories. Either one. Uh, however it goes, trust me, you'll be entertained. So uh, take the time, hit that button, and join us again each and every Friday. Uh, that being said, what are some of the facts that we have or some of the interesting tidbits that nobody knew about? Yeah, and uh, I just want to echo what you've said, Gary, and welcome each and every one of our listeners uh, who we deeply appreciate every week uh, here on the podcast. And... Uh, it's that time of year again, Gary. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Huh. Oh, I'm getting a look from you <laughs> that I shouldn't be singing on the podcast. Hey, listen, I, oh, I, know, okay. I know you have aspirations of being, you know, the next Bing okay. Crosby. but uh. It is the most wonderful time of the year, folks. And that is not the time of the year that I and probably many others think of scary ghost stories. That's in the United States, that's reserved for the end of October, which we call Halloween. So why in the world are Richard and Gary today talking about scary ghost stories at Christmas time? Well, in doing our research, we should have known this. It was obvious, but it just didn't dawn on me, at least, that one of the most beloved Christmas stories is a scary ghost story. That's true. That's true. And everybody knows the story too. And some of you might be racking your brains. Well, what story are they mm -hmm. talking about that's a ghost story? Here's a clue. It was written by Charles Dickens. Mm. Gary, do you know what the name of that story is? The Shining. <laughs> that's Stephen Wrong. King. Uh, would it be A Christmas Carol? A Christmas Carol. And that is such a beloved story. People that love is. that story by Charles Dickens. Uh -huh. And think about it, Gary. It's built on ghosts. It is. And and some of the ghosts are friendly, but some of them are scary. Yeah. I mean, when Jacob Marley comes, uh, he's bound by the chains of his mistakes and his sins. Mm -hmm. And he comes to warn Ebenezer of what his future could be when he dies. Um, and then you have the ghost of Christmas uh, yet to come, who mm -hmm. in many uh, editions or iterations of the films uh, is portrayed as death mm -hmm. um, and, and what will happen when he dies. 
I mean, yeah. so, I mean, not not always uh, so bright and cheery in the story. No, no. <laughs> so definitely, um, I had never thought of it in this light. But yes, one of our most beloved Christmas stories is, in fact, a scary ghost story. A ghost story. Charles Dickens. Um, tradition runs a little deeper than the Christmas story, though, Gary. Uh, ghosts may have helped save modern Christmas. Oh, how so? Please tell me. <laughs> so let me bring up a few things that maybe have not crossed your mind about ghosts and Christmas. Now, our modern culture celebrates Christmas uh, with a mix of traditions. Now, that includes some pre-existing non-Christian holidays like Yule and other celebrations of the winter solstice. And uh, some of those traditions had notions of death and rebirth baked into them. And... Uh, the winter solstice, as you know, is the longest night of the year. That's right. So what better night to, to uh, invite uh, somebody to gather around the fire and tell stories? So in, in a lot of uh, countries in Europe, Yule, Christmas Tide, and Christmas have associated legends that include a number of scary things. Now, so from there, it's only a few short steps to storytelling on the long, cold night, turning to ghostly tales. I mean, isn't that a temptation when you're around a fire at nighttime and the fire is crackling? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the midwinter ghost story has survived as an oral tradition, uh, and the scary yarn and the very notion of modern Christmas would get a boost from a man who more people thought was connected with Halloween. And he was an American writer, and his name was Washington Irving. What was his book, most famous book, Washington Irving? Oh. The Legend of oh, Sleepy legend. Hollow. And, but, you know. <laughs> now, talk about scary. That guy's running around, what, with his head in his hands? That's the story of Ichabod Crane, the, mm -hmm. the school teacher. Uh, who's told about the Headless Horseman, and on his ride home, he has to make it across the uh, covered bridge before the uh, Headless Horseman catches up with him. And the Horseman is supposed to be a, uh, a German soldier who lost his head during the Revolutionary War and now rides on a, uh, the, ba uh, the back of a black steed mm -hmm. holding a, uh, a jack-o'-lantern in place of his head, which he still searches for. So let me, let me make it clear. Uh, this Washington Irving story is definitely connected with Halloween, not Christmas. Yes. But, but since that's the story Irving is best known for, we have to bring it up. But in 1809, he wrote a book called A History of New York. He's not known for that. I've never heard of it until we did the research for this podcast. What was the name of that again? A History of New York. Now, in the book... Irving tells a story of shipwrecked Dutch sailors that found um, future New York based on a recommendation from a passing St. Nicholas. And further writing from Irving promoted a pre-Rockwell, Rockwellian vision of Christmas with feasts and singing and decorating. And that influence was not lost on dun, 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 Charles Dickens. Of he was course not. paying attention. So... Here you've got Washington Irving, and he's writing about feasts and singing and decorating for the holiday and St. Nicholas 
And then he's also got this headless horseman in another book running around. <laughs> and so Charles Dickens kind of decided to put it all together in A Christmas Carol. Why not? Yeah. So the England of the 1830s and early 1840s was at sort of the uh, Christmas cr crossroads. Uh, the country was beginning to embrace Christmas in a new way for a variety of reasons. Queen Victoria had made Christmas trees newly popular. And seasonal songwriting was on an upswing. And clever new mailings, which we call Christmas cards today, they had begun to grow mm -hmm. in popularity. And so with the holiday and Irving's endorsement of it on his mind, Dickens started writing short stories about Christmas around 1835. That was a little while back. Yeah. Now, one of those stories from 1836 uh, makes uh, no bones about it being a scary story in the title. The Story of the Goblins Who Stole a Sexton. Oh, that's like a precursor to uh, The Grinch That Stole Christmas. Yeah, and it's a kind of a rough draft for the idea of a person being changed by supernatural forces during the holiday. So that's where we saw that fleshed out. Oh, yeah. Huh? In A yep. Christmas Carol. In A Christmas right? Carol, because that's what happens mm -hmm. to Scrooge. He, he hates Christmas, and it's because of the spirits that his whole idea of the season changes. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he started that new novella in October of 1843, Part of the reason was uh, he was in, in money trouble. He was in debt and having uh, difficulty paying his bills, and so he needed something released. So out comes The Christmas Carol. And it was uh, in prose being a ghost story of Christmas. It was completed by the beginning of December of that year. It went on sale on the 19th of that month, and its first printing sold out in five days, Gary. Holy cow. Yeah. He didn't have any money trouble after that for a while. Its popularity was such that it went back to print 12 more times by the end of 1844. Oh, wow. And then he started doing public readings of um, A Christmas Carol in 1849 and continued doing that right up to his death in 1870. Really? So A Christmas Carol gave him new life. Yes, it did. And brought him out of the pits of debt and... Thank goodness, because it uh, enriches our lives just as it did his. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, one of the things I looked up, because it's also in a song, too, now that we're talking about uh, ghost stories and Christmas, um, you remember the song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year? Yeah, it's it's I, sung by Andy Williams. Oh, I tried to sing it, uh, but I didn't sound like Andy yeah. Williams. Well, uh, let me just read these lyrics to you from just one section of the song. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glory of Christmases long, long ago. That's actually in the song. Ghost stories. There'll be scary ghost stories. How did we miss that all these years? We I just... know. Well, you just never really think about it because it's just yeah. in the song. But, but it's in there. I mean, so, and that song was written, let's see, does it say what, what year it was written? No. It was probably in the 60s. Yeah, I would say. Um, but clearly uh, a part of tradition, again, gathering around a fire, in, you know, a warm fireplace, and sharing stories of, of things that happened in the past. And, and he's probably talking about Charles Dickens' uh, 
sure. Christmas Carol. Sure. Um, but again, uh, tradition, storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so our modern concept of a classic Christmas, we thank Washington Irving from America and Charles Dickens from England. Mm-hmm. Now, let's fast forward to the 20th century, Gary. Let's do. All right. There's a British scholar named M.R. James, and his ghost stories, specifically for Christmas, uh, he would read to entertain his guests and his students at Cambridge University. And the BBC um, have adapted to several of his stories since the 1970s. Now, let me give you a few examples. M.R. James wrote, Oh, whistle, and I'll come to you, my lad. A warning to the curious. The stalls of Barchester and lost hearts. Are you familiar with any of those? I am not, but I'd be curious to listen to those stories or read them. Mm -hmm. So they became very popular there in the 70s and uh, were a feature on BBC. Then there's a fella uh, by the name of Peter Straub. And... uh, We're back in the 1970s once again, but at the end of the decade, it's 1979, and he releases one of the best horror novels of that decade. His masterwork is intrinsically about storytelling, Gary. Now, at the center of the tale, there's a group of old friends, and they call themselves the Chowder Society. They tell ghostly tales to one another, and the major characters have names like Hawthorne and James, all of which are you know, uh, paying an homage to important figures in American and English uh, literary traditions, supernatural literature especially. Yes. And when the sins of their past come back to haunt them, it's up to a younger generation to stop the rising horror amid a mounting blizzard. Now you have discovered that Peter Straub's ghost story has also been brought to the screen. That's right. In fact, um, when you were telling me about this, I said, oh, are you talking about the movie? And you said, what movie? And I said, there's a movie by the same name. Uh, it was turned into a film in 1981 uh, and has, a, uh, I'd say, an all-star cast of classic actors in it, and one of them being Fred Astaire. Um, and it, it's pretty much the same thing. You know, these, these older gentlemen, they get together to tell their ghostly stories and attempt to uh, frighten each other. Uh, meanwhile, though, they, they are haunted by the sins of their past, which have uh, materialized into the form of a ghost who is uh, methodically taking out each one of the men one by one. Um, so the film is interesting. Uh, of course, if you watch it now, because it was filmed in uh, 1981, it seems a little bit dated, but, but the effects on it are pretty good, and it's an interesting story. And uh, the man who worked on the makeup, one of the main reasons why I watched it was uh, I love doing makeup effects. I love creating special effects makeup and costumes and stuff like that. Uh, I do it, you know, every Halloween. And one of my favorite uh, makeup artists is Dick Smith. Uh, And those of you who may not be familiar with that name, uh, Dick Smith is an Academy Award winning makeup artist who did uh, the makeup for uh, Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Uh, also did the makeup for The Exorcist, uh, a whole host of other films, and he did the makeup and special effects for Ghost Story. So that was my main reason for watching it. Um, but I was I was also drawn in by the story itself 
and uh, by the characters. It's definitely, you know, it, it, even if it doesn't become one of your uh, classic films for you to watch uh, regularly, um, it's at least worth seeing once. And uh, some of the experts in this field uh, have uh, identified one of the best horror novels since 2000. So now we fast forward to a little closer to uh, the date today. And uh, that um, title is Snowblind by Christopher Golden. Have you ever heard of that one? I have not, but I will look it up. It, uh, it weaponizes grief into a blunt instrument of horror and the winter setting echoes the desolation of the character's emotional landscape as their loved ones seemingly return from the grave. So it's another Christmas time related uh, horror story by Christopher Golden um, from the year 2000. And uh, you got anything interesting that uh, you can add to Snowblind? I do not. I do not. But I, that's definitely one I want to see. Um, you know, or read. I don't think it's been a movie. Oh, it, okay, well, not yet, but I'm sure that somebody will come could, along yeah, and take it. Uh, no, I haven't read that yet, but it's definitely one I'll put on my Kindle list. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. There's a lot of movies that have come out uh, in recent years that uh, they have kind of put their own spin to. Uh, again, when I think about Christmas, I don't necessarily think about scary movies or scary stories, even though uh, they're there. Um, but one I remember watching um, that was creepy... Uh, takes from germany um krampus or uh, krampus uh is another way I, i've heard people say it too uh which was a film that came out in the 2000s um about uh the the german not necessarily the german version of santa claus but kind of a alternative alternative scary version figure, yeah. of a holiday spirit because i believe mm -hmm. they still do have santa claus mm -hmm. but saint, uh, nicholas. saint nicholas but there's also Krampus who mm -hmm. um, comes along and, and uh, he... Uh, Takes care of the naughty kids. Yes, in, in so many words. Um, and so it was interesting. Uh, they, they did a film in the uh, mid-2000s, uh, same name, uh, about the character of Krampus and, and what happens when uh, people lose faith in Christmas and the Christmas spirit and they let their own uh, greed and... and um, biases take over the holiday and uh and what that does to to the family uh it was very interesting um watching it it's definitely a very interesting christmas movie um so again uh something and you know what i think we had done um the the history of of different traditions in england uh for the christmas season i think it would be interesting to do um some histories about other countries because, you know, now that we're talking about uh, how ghost stories are uh, a part of Christmas in their own way, um, there are other traditions and other things that are part of other countries and um, and their holiday season that to a lot of other people might be um, strange or foreign to them. Uh, and, and, and in speaking about that, I mean, you know, when you talk about Supernatural and you're talking about uh, Krampus uh, in Germany... Um, I know uh, that there is a big parade that's held where uh, young men, uh, teenagers and uh, gentlemen in their 20s and 30s, will actually create wooden sculpted Krampus masks and costumes, and they'll have a parade 
of all of these different Krampus going through the streets. Uh, it's unbelievable to see. And there's actually a market where they, they make these masks and sell them uh, to, to people who want to participate in the parade. And that's a big part of it. I mean, that's something that, you know, uh, I don't think you'd ever see that uh, in a Macy's Day parade. You're right. You're right. And, you know, as I think about uh, some of the works we've been describing, I'm I'm definitely not into ghost stories connected with Christmas. Uh, you know, I like I like Christmas being Christmas and ghost stories being connected with Halloween, uh, with the exception being A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. You know, that that is truly beloved for what it is. But for folks like myself who do like some of the old classics and classic writers, like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who uh, wrote the Sherlock Holmes stories, and Sir Walter Scott, who's known for his book Ivanhoe. Uh, well, people like that have been gathered into uh, a collection, a book of collected Christmas ghost stories, and that's called The Valancourt Book of Victorian Christmas Ghost Stories. The Valancourt Book of Victorian Christmas Ghost Stories. So if you like the classics and the classical writers like I do, well, if you get this collection of Victorian Christmas ghost stories, you can have the best of all worlds. Uh, classics, Victorian age, uh, literature, and classical writers, Christmas, and ghosts. Absolutely. But you know what? I, I think the most important takeaway from this is that... Uh, um, when we open up our eyes to see all of the different traditions and maybe some of the things we didn't even think of, uh, it definitely uh, provides you with an appreciation for, you know, all the different parts of the holiday season mm -hmm. and, and what makes them special, you know, because like you said, uh, yeah, I too really associate ghost stories more with uh, the month of October uh, versus December. December, it's all about the music and the food and, and Santa Claus and stuff like that. But when we really look at it, you know, again, a Christmas Carol and, and some of the other ones, it's uh it's there, it's a part of it, you know, and we can acknowledge it for what it is. So, but yeah. it's, it's fun. It's fun. Ghosts are an integral part of storytelling around the world. They are. And, yeah. and in so many different ways. In you know, any in, season. In any season, yeah. whether they're there to inspire, uh, you know, um, holiday cheer and goodwill to men or whether it's to scare the bejesus out of us there they are <laughs> uh, all right yeah. well uh i think that does it for now and that uh, wraps up this episode yeah i'm richard and i'm gary and and those are some more interesting facts about christmas that a lot of us probably didn't even know or think about or even think about so until next time uh I'm Richard. I, and I'm Gary. And uh, if you are listening for the first time, I hope you join us again uh, for more incredible stories.